0: hey hey! what do you say what have you been reading today welcome to the recap book chat we are so glad that you're here as we unpack and share ideas from our book stack and as Gary Paulson said remember the book needs you let's
1: dive in
0: Well, hello and welcome to the recap book chat we have a colossal book or what would you call it what's another name uh for titanic i don't know uh unsinkable <laughs> uh,
1: Now, uh this this book is um uh, hmm, I, I think it's cl- a class classic book because it's from a, a time period that we don't know anything about uh much in 1912 i mean really do you know anything about 1912 and everybody knows everything about the titanic so i think it's a time um uh,
0: a time that
1: people are curious about
0: for sure so this is i guess we should say what we're um yeah i
1: posted it on the uh, facebook thing but it is the second mrs astor a novel of the titanic by what is that Shauna a b e but it has an accent mark over the e so if you're um, familiar with her name you can help us on that
0: (laughs) yes and i so i found out that she typically does romance novels um oh and i must
1: give i have to give credit to kim cowan who gave me the book for my birthday i did want to say that because i didn't know anything about that so thank you kim and how did she hear about it uh, she knows things. She just, I have, <laughs> God bless me with smart friends. And she, she, she listens to people and she kind of has some reading friends and uh, she'll, she'll just find out that about a book and there it will be. She, she, uh, and, and it's a, it's not a, a arduous read. It's a quick read. And it's, and the, that's why I posted the cover. Uh, it feels good too.
0: It, it really is a cool book. It does feel good. And I think you're right. It's not a quick read. This, But this would be a great travel book. Like if I, you're on I a said, plane or. I said it was a quick read. I mean, I'm sorry. Yes, it, it is a quick read. <laughs> there we go. You're right. It is a quick read. And it would be, it's a good one for uh, on a plane. Or if you're traveling over the Thanksgiving holiday, you know, this is a good one that. Yep. You can that, pick up and it's, share with someone you can read pick up and, and read it along. yeah it's it's really good and it is fascinating and I will say the author did a fantastic job of researching and,
1: and, I, and I liked what you said during when we were first starting it you said this is kind of weird because we know how it ends it and was I weird thought that
0: was timely comment so but it's the, kind of nice too in a way like I mean you're not surprised you know But
1: Well, it's stress-free reading if you think a ship going down is stress-free. But, I mean, you were right. What books do you read that uh, you already know the ending to? Usually that's why you read them. So this is proof that we read for
0: more than just finding out what happens.
1: That's true. We we read to embellish what happens.
0: And credit goes to the author for that. I mean, I really feel like she is a great writer to be able, I mean, there's no, it's not a surprise ending. We know what happens. So I think that's, that, that is kudos to her because, I mean, I was, I was captivated the whole time. It was very interesting, you know? So, and, and the fact that it's true, you know, is just, I think that comes into play.
1: Yeah. And, And the fact that it, she makes it a story. She, she takes nonfiction and turns it into fiction.
0: Because it
1: becomes a story and you're so taken with Madeline and you're uh, my, my one uh, thing that I noticed from the very beginning it it, on page 64, most people want to be heard, but how did Madeline get Jack Astor's attention? It said, Madeline got Jack's attention just by listening. Mm. So I think in this, in this day and age, when everybody wants to be heard, we don't have enough listeners. Yes. And that's how she got Jack's attention, just by listening, you know. That's true. Yeah. I I like that. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, I put that down on page 64 because I think listening is a lot harder to do than we think it is.
0: And to really listen.
1: Until I read the book, I didn't realize that um, this... uh, paparazzi thing has been going on like forever I thought it was more with movie stars and sports figures I didn't realize back in 1912 they were doing this to people that were wealthy and I mean making her life a living nightmare basically even before she was Mrs. Astor she was bombarded by these reporters and all that and and my thought on that was I, I wonder if people I wrote that down are people so afraid to live their own life that they're more content with watching the lives of others
0: Mm. it feels safer yes that's a good point well because were you surprised by that the paparazzi thing i wasn't i don't i guess i was not surprised because it's not because she was wealthy before she married john or john jacob astor the fourth or whatever (laughs) but she was wealthy before that so it's not just the wealth but he was the richest man in the world at that time, I think. So, I think was,
1: this, it, was his name really John Jacob? Yeah,
0: isn't I that can't it, believe John?
1: Because that, that remain, reminds me of that song you used to sing when you're like John Jacob
0: Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> you know, okay, that is so funny because when I was when I finished this book and was doing research and like because I was like, who? Okay, because it's like John Jacob Astor the third, the fourth, the fifth. So I'm like, who's this first John Jacob Astor? And so, and then that for whatever reason, that same song popped into my head. I'm like, I wonder if this is about him, because the original John Jacob Astor, Astor, yeah, watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I keep it PG, keep it PG, (laughs) keep it clean. Let's keep it clean. (laughs) Um, he was a German immigrant, and he came to America, and. It, it's, it was really fascinating, and he started this fur trade business and everything. Anyway, he's really responsible or or a huge part of expanding the American West, because mm. so so he hired these guys, these trappers, to go get furs, and that's when all these hats were being made with furs, and that's where a big portion of his wealth grew from. So, but these traders would go and they would route out. You know, they would go west and make these trade routes, these or whatever, hunting routes or, you know, whatever to get the furs. Mm -hmm. And then so these mountaineers really are the ones that kind of forged a working map of the American West and made it possible for other people to follow out there and expand that area. So I was like, that's really fascinating. And then, of course, once he built his wealth with fur, he moved on to other things and stuff like that. But I was like, that's fascinating. So, yeah, and that made me think of that song, the John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. I'm like, Jingleheimer Schmidt sounds German. I don't know. It could be referring me to him. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been a a link somewhere. Now I need to go look that up. uh, Yeah,
1: I did think you had a quote from a movie that reminded you of, uh, you always say it, and I, I don't know the quote exactly, but the one that says everyone should be their own leading lady and not a supporting actor. Or whatever. You know? Yes. So I think if people did that, then there would, would not have been all that uh, hullabaloo over, you know. I just think it would be funny to get in an elevator with a movie star and kind of ignore them.
0: Because they okay. might enjoy it, too. But, you know. Um, Either I, I, ignore them or just act like you didn't know them. Like, just yeah, treat hi. them like a normal you could person. You say hi. Like, hi, not- I'm Kate. What's your name?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And not be drooling, you know, like everybody was. Because does really when you get down to it, does fame and wealth, does that make you kinder, smarter, or a better person? No. Because I do think wealth can be good and bad. But I think his son is an example of uh, bitterness. And that, that could have been caused from that divorce of his parents and everything. But uh, he had the same probably upbringing that John had vincent was the son's name and then because uh, apparently he was born with the silver they both were born with a silver spoon in their mouth i don't know why people say that but you know
0: yes and but look how different they turned out yes for sure and you know I've, this book does a good job of you know because most of us probably have not experienced that type of society you know the the maryland uh, the main character you know she's a socialite or whatever she's you know high class and I think it was, it was fun to get into what's going, what was going on at that time in that society. You know, what that feels like. So I thought that was interesting. And the fact that, you know, and because we've, we had read um, The Tree Grows in Brooklyn, which is around the same time period, but it's from, it's from the viewpoint of extreme poverty. So it's cool that we got to kind of experience both that the extreme poverty and then and then then the most affluent person in america of that time too so and they both have problems and they both have pros and you know pros and cons they each have their own set of difficulties what i liked in this book uh, madeline's sister takes a back
1: seat and she's the extrovert and she's gorgeous and everybody just loves her and but in this book madeline's the hero and she's the leading lady, you know, and her sister supports her. There's no sibling rivalry. There's, I really love the sister. The sister helps her in so many ways.
0: Yes, she is. A, she needed her. She's mm-hmm. that strong support. So what did you think of the 29-year the age difference between Madeline and Jacob, John, Jacob, Astor? Jingleheimer <laughs> <laughs> Smith? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why I have trouble with his
1: name. I just need to call I him, just called him John. Uh, I, I think I just called him John. So I never even made the connection. Or I, Jack. It,
0: or, they call him
1: Colonel, Colonel, Colonel. That's what they called him. Yeah. That's okay. why it didn't bother me. Um. In my mind, the, she did such a good job of painting him as he carried himself. Well, he was tall. He was handsome. And, uh, you know of course, I always think a little bit of gray is handsome you know when mm-hmm. men age it doesn't look bad on them you mm-hmm. know what I mean Sam, Sam Elliott did he ever look bad I mean is he no. ever looking bad I'm waiting for him to look bad he still looks pretty good <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think and women don't go on looks as much as men do anyway so and her being Madeline being an introvert she is have you heard people say he's she's wise beyond her years? Yes. And she seemed to be an old person. My, you know, your brother's that way. Cameron, he was always older. An old soul. Yeah, an old soul.
0: That's what you talk. Mm-hmm. I, so it didn't bother me. At all. Yeah, it didn't bother me either because I really don't, I felt like he saw something in Madeline. He was attracted to something and it wasn't just her her usefulness at all, you know.
1: Oh, no, because if it had been the looks, he would have went for her sister.
0: Yes. But he didn't. And then the fact that
1: his, her sister said, he, his eye, he only has eyes for you. I know that's a song, but, you know, she said that. He, he lights up when you're in the room. And that's what every woman wants. They want mm-hmm. someone that doesn't watch the woman walk by. Even if it was Marilyn Monroe, they still looked at you. You know what I'm saying? And people, I've heard people say, well, a man's going to look. But
0: uh, Colonel Astor didn't look. He was solid. And so I. And she. You know, and I think what he liked about her. Which he said. That he fell in love with her. When she wanted to read his book. Because no yeah. one else had. No one else really cared. I think everyone else was about his money. And you know. All Power. that. And she yeah. didn't care about the money. She was interested in. Like him. Really. His. Yeah. his what mind, he was interested in. That, his mind. Yeah. In, yeah.
1: And, you know, when you say that women mature faster, that might be the span people need. 30 years. That <laughs> that
0: might Possibly. Be the right there. You're right. Possibly. For sure.
1: But they, they uh, I have the quote from her dad. Uh, this is really good. Her father said, and it's longer than I put on, on uh, Facebook, but it's, love is a tremendous gift, Maddie. A gift and a burden. Marriage especially is more than just hope and luck and a handshake marriage is work enormous work because it's a living entity that needs everlasting attention it will push you and bend you and test you and if you're not prepared for any of that it will shatter you so I I thought that was good advice and the dad doesn't say much but he said that and I said "Whoa!" I didn't care for the mom much I like
0: the dad I, I like their relationship. I thought that he's, he was a, a, a great dad. And it's funny because I underlined that exact same quote because that I is, was like, that is it's funny. very powerful, you know. And, and he's not saying you can't. He's just saying, he's just being a really good dad and just saying it's not going to be easy, especially, you know, in the position that you're in. Like, it's going to, you're going to have even more than a regular marriage to deal with. So and another
1: quote that I liked was made by Margaret Brown. As you get on, it's like 185, so you're kind of through the book. But uh, Madeline and Colonel Astor have a dog, Kitty, which is really Colonel Astor's, and they lose the dog. And of course, Madeline is pregnant, so you know how emotional you you are. But and I just kind of synthesized this one. But she said she needed that. She's talking to Madeline after she gave her some time to. Um, mourn I guess but she said she needed to accept what was done because it was done and raging against Jack's choices for her would only make matters worse why not she said reflect upon his consideration instead of his sneakiness because he had hired a nurse to Mm -hmm. take care of her but I like you know you can't consider you know why not accept when something's done because it is done Mm -hmm. I mean you can't change it so we—that's a la- I think from every book you gain something that you can just use in your life. So you know, if, if something's done, it's done. You you know, if, if Junior spills the milk, it's done. Don't, don't don't harp on that. Just clean it up and mm-hmm. go on. Move on. Move forward.
0: And and it's something about when Margaret said that to her, she did. Yes, she just snapped out of it. And I think that's good too to see. I think what she was saying, too, which I think is powerful for all of us, is to look at people's intention instead of just the action. Sometimes, because in that, I can't remember who said that. There's a quote that says, you know, we want want to be judged by our intentions, but yet we judge others by their actions. So, Mm -hmm. because sometimes you know, something may not work out or whatever, but what was the intention behind it? You know, sometimes a a lot of times I think the intention is for good, you know, especially in a marriage too. Yeah. There's a lot of miscommunication and the husband thinks, you know, and we've talked about that before, like love languages, you know, he may be like mowing and doing all these things, thinking that, you know, what a great job he's doing, but the woman may not feel that way if she's not having quality time or whatever you know yeah so i think so that- i
1: did i did some research and my research was on um in the book it's uh when they're in the lifeboat there's a lady and she's saying mr uh ismay he knew he knew about the ice he knew blah 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 and uh he told he told them to speed up because they wanted to get to new york city uh in time or early to, to show, and Mr. Ismay is was the manager of the White White Star Line. So I looked all that up because I said, "Is that really true? Did that really happen?" And there was a ship called the California, which was 19 miles away, and uh, there was a a guy. His name was Evans, and he had uh, he was trying to tell the Titanic they were going into iceberg. Um, I started to say country, iceberg waters. <laughs> I guess you're not <laughs> going to country with iceberg. And um, the guy, his name was Jack Phillips, got mad at him. And I did not know this. So it's kind of interesting because Jack Phillips' job as the wireless operator, you know, was to relay shore to ship messages to these first class of passengers. That was his mm-hmm. job. And he was way behind. And he said that the California signal was messing it up and it was messing his signal up. Because his job was to get all these, pa- these passengers, their messages from shore, ship to shore. He didn't have time wow. for ice cream. So he, he wow. told the guy that, that kind of, I guess, when he reprimanded the guy. So Evans turned his off, the California, which was tw- less than 20 miles away. He turned it off so he could do all these ship to shore messages. And then, uh, well, you know the rest of the story. But. I, and I was just like, oh, behind the scene, that is interesting because we're, and how much of our lives are we so focused on these little things and we miss the great big one
0: and mm-hmm. we hit the iceberg? Yeah. Wow. But Jack,
1: Jack Phillips did not survive the Titanic, but Isame did and went on to live till he was 74.
0: Can was you imagine? He tried.
1: Uh, Yeah, they brought it. They couldn't really. He kind of did what Jack Astor did. He helped everybody on and did all that. But he got on himself at the end. And he's also the one that took the lifeboats from 48 to 16. That was him. Mm. And he never got over it. And this article, it was really interesting. It said all the men that survived the Titanic, they never got over the stigma because at that
0: time, you you don't get in front of a woman oh yeah huh but some of them had had jumped off and survived though yeah
1: and and jack of uh, the captain see the um the article that i read that said the captain was kind of there was no evidence that they speeded up like ismay tried to get me speed up but he never slowed down so i don't know but he because the captain felt pressure because they had to get to new york city and they wanted to kind of show off you know getting there so oh i mean there's another story i'm just like i can't believe the and so then i you know what the first time when i saw how how arrogant jack phillips was i said i i have a feeling he's young he's really young and he thinks his job is all that Mm -hmm. and and i looked it up and he's 25 yeah and I'm on the ship that won't sink. And you're on the, what, what did you, what are you on? Oh, the California. <laughs> Turn your signal off. You're bugging me.
0: <laughs> Man, you know, that's so interesting because I knew about the Californian ship that was close by and I knew that the radio operator had turned his off. I thought it was to go to bed. That's, I thought he was just like, whoop, I'm done. So I just was under the assumption like, oh, he was negligent. He wasn't doing his job or whatever. So that's interesting to have the back story on that. Yeah. Poor, poor, you know, when you see all of the pieces coming together, I mean. And you know what else is interesting, which I'd never thought about before. And in the book, it talks about um, Jack shows Madeline what the, what the um, life jackets are made of in their cork.
1: Oh yes, that was interesting, very interesting. Oh, that- and we also need to say that the that the book is interesting in the way she sets it up because she is writing letters to her son. Yes. Oh, we forgot to mention that.
0: Well, it's actually okay. We yeah, we should mention the point of view. If you have a problem with kind of stylized uh, points of view, you this was not for you because there's like three different. She so there's. There's sections where she's writing to her son, and then there's this, the third person, um, and then the first person where, so I mean, you, there's different points of view. So, like, I think it was really interesting, and I, I don't mind that, but some people might have trouble with, you know what I'm saying, like that stylized point of view where it jumps back and forth. So, just be prepared for that because. Yeah, and some people like that.
1: I have a lot of kids in third grade, they love those books when you're one. One chapter's the fox's point of view, and the next chapter's the little boys, like Pax by Sarah yes. Pennypacker. They love those. And, and they'll ask me, is this from, is this going to be different points of view?
0: And I said, yeah, it is. That's, but
1: I like them because it shakes it up a little bit.
0: Yeah. So, but going back to the, the uh, life jackets, what, what was interesting that I never thought about until the author brought it up in this book was that they really weren't that beneficial I mean, yeah. it would have been better to not have a life jacket on and drown, than to float and die slowly. Freeze to death. Yeah. yeah. And and just the screams that they, you know, they like what a weird situation to be in when they're in the lifeboat and you hear, you hear all these people that are bobbing around, you know. Yeah. So screaming,
1: and this, and then the fact that she's in the lifeboat and then she she knows all she knows every one of those men could be the colonel. Yes. I mean, what, and, and you live that with her. So yeah, I did learn so much from this because it's not about knowing the ending, but the embellishment and elaboration. And she, you're right. This girl did her homework. She really she did. did. She, she uh, it was amazing. I had never heard that about the life, life jackets. You know, when, when I thought of a life jacket, I thought of a puffy life jacket.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then I never thought of the fact that they're not going to help you in that situation, you know, I, maybe it would have, if, if a ship had been there faster, I guess, in that situation, if, if the ship had been able, if a ship had been able to get there in like 20 minutes or less mm-hmm. and be able to rescue people out, I guess that would be beneficial, but.
1: And another thing I didn't know, i would never uh, kn- knew, I knew the, how do you say the one that did respond, the Carpe- Carpathia? Carpathia? What? Yeah but uh in this it tells that the captain of that gave up his um his room for her
0: i know that was so cool
1: because usually the captains you know they wouldn't do that you know that's my space and you know but he did
0: yeah and i never heard that either like talk about like i think he won some awards and stuff and medals and he should like so they they say because if it wasn't for them all those people, even in the lifeboats, would have died. So, Yeah. Because they were on the verge of it. I mean, you know. She was she was bad off.
1: Well, well the fact there was a dead man at her feet, that would have done me in.
0: I didn't know why they didn't put him back in the water. Yeah. Did you wonder about that? Because I'm like, you could make room for someone else. I guess but... they
1: just couldn't. Because well, she didn't need to be lifting anybody because it would be heavy, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. And the whole thing when she... When Vincent starts yelling at her that it's all her fault, I said, how could you blame the sinking of the Titanic on her? Yeah. (laughs) Because, in fact, she didn't even want to travel. No. None of it was her idea.
0: No. And and Jack was the one that was enthralled uh, or captivated by the Titanic.
1: And I think I didn't realize that it was, uh, you know, you realize that everybody knew about the Titanic, even if you were so poor that you were living in a box, everybody still knew about it. And it mm-hmm. was big news. It was huge. Yeah.
0: And you know what else was cool? Was the fact... Because she kind of got motion sickness, but she said when she stepped on the Titanic, it didn't move. Like, it's not like... It was that big. So it's hard to imagine that, you know? Like, just being that massive where you... it, it She said it felt like solid land, you know? Yeah, and And when she was describing their cabin,
1: it had little tables that had vases of flowers and they were real delicate and they you know in fact I think the colonel thought that that wasn't a good idea he thought that they would you know Break. fall off yeah. or something but they didn't I guess. Mm-hmm. well I guess they did in the end eventually but, yeah you know what the plans of uh, mice and men I mean I guess that that is just a I think the tragedy when you lose half your when you compare that to the um, Twin Towers going down, it, it's funny that it's, uh, it's not funny, but coincident that there's 1,500, 1,500. You mm-hmm. know, when you lose that many people, then those tragedies are like seared in the minds, you know. Mm-hmm. There's been so many books written on the Titanic.
0: Yes. And I think... for children. The thing about the Titanic that is so that makes it the tragedy is it could have been avoided like there was you know it it oh, really yeah. could have been avoided that's what's so Maybe that's
1: right yeah
0: it's it was all it i don't know and there's i've heard some things that were saying that the ship there there had been there's evidence of the a fire being on the ship and that that messed with the structure like the it made it more brittle for so when it did hit the iceberg all that stuff I'm not sure exactly if all that's true, but I mean, yeah, they should, they should have totally slowed down, you know? Yeah. And again,
1: if the captain had uh, been brave enough to um, disobey Issamay and, and slowed down then, but they were arrogant enough to think that the ship was big enough to bash into the uh, iceberg and just break it up and keep going. Yes. But we, you know, I thinking, um, and how often do we do that? You know, we, we just think, well, we can handle this and just, you know, and just... go full steam ahead <laughs> until we crash. And I mean, if you're going to drive that way,
0: if you're going to drive that way, you need to have the lifeboats. Like it would have been a totally different story too, if they'd had enough lifeboats. So,
1: well, and I tried to find out what, so what was the perk? I mean, why would you get rid of all the lifeboats? I mean, you had 48. Why, why, why get it down to 16? And then they had like four collapsible boats. But I don't understand because uh, lifeboats could not have been that heavy.
0: I thought I had read somewhere that they thought it looked cluttered and they wanted it was about oh, making a big impression. Are you kidding? Is me. what I want to say. say I think I remember yeah. reading that. That makes sense because it was all about
1: you know. Oh my
0: goodness. And it's just super prideful. Like, well, we're not going to need them anyway. They're just taking up space and they don't look as cool, you know? So it's like, but yeah. And and it did bother me that there was room on Madeline's boat for Colonel Astor. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, there was room on there. It bothered me without, like, I don't, I still don't understand that. I mean, I guess the ship is so big. And, and I, I understand that some people didn't want to leave. I understand some people are like, it's not, you know, I don't want to get off the boat. And that's their choice. But I feel like there was a lot of people that did want to get off. So
1: it wasn't. It, and I was thinking in the moment of that, I think there were, they were caught, caught between, I can't believe it's sinking. And do I need to get off? Do Is it really sinking? Yes. Or do I need to get off? And so I think it was just, I think it was just panic.
0: Yes. And in the
1: moment of but I was like you, I mean, fill those suckers up.
0: And and he asked. Yeah. Can I get on my wife's in a delicate condition condition. So and, and that, I'm like he probably could have paid him because they said yeah. he had like $2,500 like on, when his body was recovered on in his coat, you know. But I think he was a gentleman. And he's not going to push his way. And he even, you know, I think he even gave up, they said he gave up his seat to, he was helping other people get on, you know, yeah. on other ones or whatever. So. But
1: through, throughout the whole book, you know, when you, I mean, throughout the sinking of the Titanic and her getting on the life uh, raft and everything, and you're worried about her and all that. But in the back of your mind, you're saying, well, she's writing to her son these letters. So she may the son makes it. Yeah. So you didn't have to worry about, you know, is she going to lose the baby?
0: No. Uh, and you know, she's going to make it and you know, the baby's going to make it. So it, but she, you're still captivated Inthralled. by
1: the whole, yeah. yeah, you're enthralled. Yeah. Because you're just, oh, uh, and she, she's grieving in her own way. Uh, and Vincent is grieving in his way. And, uh,
0: and then yeah, she and- showed like her family, like. You don't think about the people who knew they had family on the Titanic. Like, what a horrible position that would be in. If you're in the States and you're like, you know, my daughter's on the Titanic. And all you know is that it sank. So, you know. And I looked at the numbers and there were not that many in first class, like
1: 123. There were a lot more in third class. Yeah. And a lot more of those died. Mm Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. Colonel Astor could have gotten on. He could have. I mean, he's a big man. He could have went ahead when the guy said, you can't get on. He still could have got on.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and that's kind of what I wanted him to do, you know. But then I thought, well, because somebody needed to take charge of that lifeboat. I mean, but.
0: But he was a gentleman.
1: Yeah, he was. He was a gentleman. Yeah. Well, I just remember the movie, the old Disney movie that we used to really like called Summer Magic, and the snooty girl said, "If not Maine, why not Bar Harbor?" <laughs> so when I'm reading it, the book, I said, "Oh, it's Bar Harbor."
0: <laughs> oh, really? I don't yeah. remember that. Okay, so Bar
1: Harbor. So I know yeah, I- it, it, that's a fancy part. If not, if because they were in that country of Maine, and she said, "If not Maine, why not Bar Harbor?" So like looking down She's- on it. Yeah, she's looking real snooty to the country. And then Haley Mills is the
0: girl. Huh, they, now, now I need to go watch it. You don't remember out. Summer Magic? No, I remember Summer Magic. I don't remember that part.
1: Oh, that line? Yeah. But, because so, I know, and her family goes to Bar Harbor, but his goes to someplace fancier, you know. N- the only word I looked up was marl from this book. Because I said, what is marl?
0: Well, what is marl?
1: Clay and minerals used for fertilizer
0: no
1: yeah and um because i I always like to get a word from a book but it said um that was on the same page that my marriage quote was on but he he nodded and um she said i don't think i'm invincible don't you he nodded good that's something to understand that we humans are creatures of moral and earth and i just thought that sounded cool oh moral and earth
0: so I guess I need to look up the word proscenium. But so anyway, but I like the quote Beyond the lights lining the edge of the proscenium, beneath the darkened stained glass chandeliers, sat the hushed breathing beast that was the audience. And because she was she was doing a play. And so I guess the proscenium is maybe the edge of the stage or
1: I looked at I looked it up
0: for you. It's an area of modern theater that is located
1: between the curtain and the orchestra. Oh. So
0: okay. it's okay yeah but I, I loved how she described that sat the hushed and breathing beast that was the audience you know i was like that's very yeah. descriptive i i like that part and anyway
1: well naturally you know you've been you you have done a lot of acting when you were so see you, you got the audience part yeah me never having been in a place so you probably resonated with her from the very beginning didn't you
0: I, I did like her and I, but I felt like she was very humble, even though, you know, she is a socialite and she's in this she debutante, the debutantes and all this and, you know, a lead on the stage. She still felt pretty humble. She wasn't like a snooty girl, you know? So I did like that about her. And I think that was because of her dad.
1: I give him the credit for that.
0: Yes. He, he, he's he seemed more grounded yeah
1: well he did use the word moral so there you go <laughs> i'm just telling you <laughs> well that's good i think um uh, i i think it's uh people would if you want to keep your reading afloat let's read this book
0: <laughs> yes and we'll all be in the if, same if you want a historical read and uh, about the titanic this is this is a really good historical uh fiction book but also has a love story in there so yeah and it's
1: fiction and nonfiction together so um it, it's a it, it has a little bit of everything
0: mm-hmm. um so the other the other interesting thing and i have so my five-year-old he actually really is interested in the titanic and mom you told me about um what's the series called the i, I
1: survived the, series by lauren Tarsius
0: i survived series by lauren so some of them are, are novels and some of them are graphic novels and she does a great job of she there's a story in there but it's also very factual very information about whatever is happening and um and you do your kids in your class like that Oh I'm finding especially
1: uh you know when you teach the skill of visualization you you know You have to teach kids to make a picture in their head when they're reading. That's hard. But with a graphic novel, like um, on the I Survived the Titanic. In fact, I tutored a girl last year. So we read the graphic novel first. And then she had a lot of success when she read the novel, I Survived the Titanic. And she understood it because the book had made the picture in her head. So when she read it for Mm. herself, she was re-remembering that. So I would... Say that if anybody likes the Titanic and you want to gift a kid a book, I would definitely. Um, I haven't had a kid not like it. That's been one of the most popular ones of the I Survived series in um, third and fourth grade.
0: And and the author, she does a really good job of not being. I mean, because that's kind of a, that's a hard subject, you know. Yeah. To it's talk about such a tragedy, yeah, and mm-hmm. and I didn't even. I would never have thought that my five-year-old... That I would be introducing something like that to my five-year-old. I can't remember how... I can't remember how He found it at a
1: book fair. He's the one that told me about the graphic novel. Okay. Yeah, he found it at a book fair or something. Because I didn't know that there was one. I just thought there was a graphic novel on the Nazi invasion or something. But he
0: said, no, there's one, Nana. There's one on the Titanic. But it's not... she, She does a really good job of... It's not like... It's not overwhelming for young kids, uh, you know, but it does, it does help them. I feel like it helps them grow in compassion too, like understand like this is a tragedy, but it's nothing that I think strikes fear in them. If that makes sense, you know, sometimes the tragedies for the younger kids can make them fearful. Um, but and this one doesn't.
1: She makes it appealing to kids. Cause she talks about the mummy in the tomb, which mm-hmm. all kids want to know, was there a mummy in the tomb on the Titanic? Uh, well, and Mrs. Astor, that's not even mentioned. <laughs> yes, so, you know, it, she goes from what would a kid want to hear? Yes, and then you know, Shanna, uh, she goes from what? What would let let's deepen deepen our understanding of the people that were on the Titanic and the situation yes. like that. So, and it's, uh, and everyone in the family could be reading about the Titanic
0: at the same time. <laughs> you could. Yeah, it's definitely. I think it's important to know our history you know so we don't make the same mistakes and that, i mean it's it is a huge tragedy the titanic happened but because of that um there's now laws in place for lifeboats and stuff like that where you have to have the right amount you know where that wasn't even a thing back then so yeah and life jackets have been improved yes so and, you but he- know
1: from every bad Terrible thing. We we can learn from that. You must learn from it. Yeah.
0: Yes, that's why reading's important. You know, or else we'll forget. We're so forgetful sometimes. And then
1: when you're reading, you're building dendrites and everything. It's just a yeah. You you need
0: to read to succeed. (laughs) Yeah, to succeed, grow that brain, grow it, grow that brain. All right. Well, that is a wrap on the second Mrs. Astor about the Titanic disaster. (laughs) Uh, well thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time